Welcome to the Physician Story, a podcast started by Girl Up Surgeons. Through interviews with doctors, our mission is to empower and inspire the next generation of female healthcare leaders. Today, we are interviewing Dr. Vania Manipod, a psychiatrist that motivates others to take charge of their well-being. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I, it's an honor to be on here. My name is Vania Manipod. I'm a psychiatrist. I am based in Orange County, California. I see patients like on an outpatient basis. And I, in addition to being a psychiatrist, I also am a speaker. I speak to a lot of people who are pre-med. And I also write and I am also active on social media where I try to educate about mental health and psychiatry and especially encouraging students and healthcare professionals to prioritize their mental health. Can you tell us what does a day in your life look like? Yeah, so my schedule has actually changed a lot over the course of my career. Um, Currently, I see patients um, at home, especially with the pandemic, but I see patients online and I see patients two and a half days a week. So that schedule came about because I got burned out, which I'll probably talk about at some point during this podcast. But I found that seeing patients two and a half days a week for now has been um, helpful for me to be able to balance other things that I have an interest in. But typically, like on Mondays, uh, I don't see patients, but I do work on things like my writing. Um, and also I'm working on starting a private practice. So I'll do business type things, um, on my off days. And then Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I see patients all day for the most part. And then Thursdays, I, again, I'm working on my private practice and I also incorporate a lot of self-care. So not a lot of doctors do that, but I, this is, uh, schedule that I found worked best for me and my lifestyle. That's awesome. So uh, why, what made you choose medicine? Like, why do you want to become a doctor? Yeah, this is interesting because I know when I encounter a lot of people and a lot of students, they say that they've always wanted to be a doctor. I did not want to be a doctor, actually. My number one choice growing up was to become a journalist, like a broadcast journalist and newscaster. And though I, I did think of becoming a doctor, mostly because my parents who, and my family who are Asian put a lot of pressure on me to become the first doctor grandchild in the family to accomplish the goal of becoming a physician since I'm the oldest of 33 grandchildren. So I come from a very big family. But as time went on and I was in college as a, I was still pre-med because I still had in the back of my mind that I still might become a doctor. Um, my, my grandfather, who was a big influence on me, he actually passed away from cancer. So when he passed away, my whole perspective about my career changed. I really did want to make him proud and become the first physician grandchild in the family. So... I, I felt that becoming a physician was actually what I was supposed to do. I think that because I grew up in a family where, especially my grandparents, they help 
a lot of people in the community. So my family's from the Philippines. They lived in a province in the Philippines. They helped so many people in the community, um, people who were poor also. And I thought, I do want to help people in some way. And I felt that becoming a doctor would be the best way possible that I could um, help people heal and overcome illness. So it took a while for me to realize it, but eventually I decided that that's pretty much what I wanted to do. But I still wanted to combine somehow being in media and doing journalism in some way in my career. That is so relatable, though, honestly, because I am in a very similar position as you are right now because I enjoy writing and stand at the same time. So I co- that story is completely relatable. Oh, that's so, so cool. Just so you know, you can combine all of your interests in a career. <laughs> that, is, that is really, really reassuring to know, though. Yeah. A lot of people say otherwise. And so what advice do you have for high schoolers that do want to pursue medicine? Yeah, well, if you've heard the saying where life is a marathon, not a sprint. Well, the same thing can actually be applied to the pursuit of becoming a physician. I know that when um, when we're pre-med, when we're in high school, when we're in college, we feel like we have to do everything possible to improve our application and be a good candidate to get into medical school and become a doctor. But whenever I get high schoolers who message me, they're saying, what can I do now to improve my chances of becoming a doctor or to become a good doctor? And I tell them, I think you should enjoy being in high school. (laughs) I tell them that, but obviously most of us who go into this field are very ambitious. So I do tell them, focus on getting into a good college. I know the process of becoming a physician is different all over the world, but I say focus on getting into a good college. Because um, when you're in high school, I remember when I applied for medical school, I didn't use any of my information from high school at all, any of my activities. It didn't really matter. But what was important was where you went to school and where you completed your requirements to get into medical school. So that's what I always tell high schoolers. But in addition to that, I say focus on doing well in school, but also participate in activities that you feel will make you grow and that you're interested in. So for example, writing, um, I wrote articles for like um, the school newspaper and stuff like that. So if you're into writing, do something involved with writing or photography or join a club or leadership activities to improve your leadership skills or maybe drama club and acting or different types of activities. If you're interested in it, in it, just go for it because that will in turn be something that you can use in your application because it shows your interests outside of medicine and who you are as a person. So basically what are the requirements for medical school and like what activities have you personally done to meet those requirements and uh, prepare for med school? Yeah, so the requirements are different depending on the medical school, but there are a lot of similarities. For example, having to take, um, like, I think it's like a year of English or a year of biology, um, organic chemistry, general chemistry, and taking the MCAT, so like the medical college admissions test. Those types of things are um, pretty standard, but I always tell people, look at the schools that you want to get into and make sure that you have all of the requirements that are required to apply to that school. Um, But as for me, 
when I was preparing to get into, to apply for medical school, keep in mind, again, I wasn't really sure I wanted to be a doctor, but I was still pre-med. I saw a pre-med counselor. I don't know if that's provided at most colleges or schools um, or even in high school. I don't know if um, there's like a career counselor or something like that, but utilize the resources you have. So if that's there for you, I would take advantage of it. And I also took the required courses, even though I still wasn't sure I was applying to medical school. I was still a biology major, but I, I minored in English and like Spanish. So I did other things on the side too, just in case. And I signed up for hospital volunteer programs. So if you have any type of resources, again, available to you, my college had volunteer programs for hospitals. So I signed up and I also volunteered at clinics and I was a research assistant because I truly wanted to know, is this the career for me? So I did lots of different activities, which helped me confirm that I did want to be a physician, but it also really looked good on my application too, to show that I did a variety of things that solidified the reason why I applied to medical school. I know we already like you already talked about some of this stuff, but what are some tips do you think that are important to help kids thrive on the pre-med journey? Yeah, and that's a great question because when I was thinking about what really helped me thrive, it was surrounding myself with other students and people who had similar goals as me because that's what helped me stay motivated. So like, for example, my husband is not in the medical field, but, you know, he partied and um, he partied, didn't really study and stuff like that. And I told him, I said, we would not have been friends in college because you did not study. You were not ambitious. I needed to be around people who would keep me on track who inspired me and motivated me to do well in classes that we were all classmates in and we were all taking because we were all pre-med. So for example, I joined a pre-medical sorority in college. Uh, I don't think they're available in all colleges, but mine had one and everyone, all the women in there were pre-med. So that helped a lot. We would talk about tips on studying for the MCAT and tips on getting through our physics class and stuff like that. So that really helped. And I always tell people, try not to compare yourself to others, even though I know it's extremely hard because we're always comparing, right? We want to be a competitive, good applicant, but your story is going to be different. And when medical school committees are looking at your application, they want to see what makes you unique. They don't want to necessarily see that you took you did the same exact thing as other people. They want to know you and what would make what's unique about your story and the types of activities that you did. So there's that. And then last thing is to try and have as much fun as possible to do things outside of pre being pre-med. I, I had fun during college. I, I look back and I think, well, I'm glad I did stuff that was outside of just my standard pre-med courses. So try and have as much fun as possible and make the most of it because it goes by fast. What you said is really amazing. It's so useful. Um, have you faced any challenges or like setbacks as a woman in this field? Yeah, well, so I'd say 
maybe a challenge was being taken seriously by some of my attendings, like supervisors, and even some of my patients, because when I was in medical school, and even after I graduated, I looked really young, <laughs> um, like a lot of my patients and would say, are you even old enough to be a doctor? Like, what are you in college or high school? So I got that those comments a lot being a young female, very petite Asian doctor at that time. So and there were some comments I would receive that were very inappropriate. But um, it's hard because when you're in this field, sometimes you feel like you can't say anything because you're at the bottom for the most part. But I had mentors who were women that I could talk to. So that really helped me um, process what was going on and try to not let those comments get in the way. So again, I was really fortunate to have mentors during this path and they really helped me um, just remember who I am and don't let that get in the way. There's a lot of gender bias, obviously, in the field, field of medicine. Fortunately, as a psychiatrist, it's not as bad as other specialties, um, like maybe cardiology or some of the other uh, specialties. So I've been fortunate not to have as much lately in my career. And I've also chosen to work in places where women were pretty much at the top. So they recognize the value that I brought. Um, so if that's possible, where you can work in places that are led by women, that could definitely be helpful. So can you tell us a little bit more about the fields of psychiatry and what are the pros and cons of being a psych psychiatrist? Yeah. Um, so... And then when people actually ask why I went into uh, why, why did I become a psychiatrist? I was really excited about this field. It wasn't as popular when I was in medical school. It's popular now. <laughs> a lot of people want to go into psychiatry because now people care more about mental health in the last um, year. So I would say that um, what's unique about psychiatry is you really get to know the person in front of you beyond just their physical or medical symptoms. There's a lot of, um, a lot of my patients will tell me things and say, I've never told anyone this before. So it's truly a gift to be able to um, have that type of connection with your patients. Now, what also makes the field of psychiatry unique is um you need to be, it's important to be really good at psychotherapy and understanding that there is a lot of information about a patient that you would have to obtain through observation um, and then also asking the right questions, right, to get them to talk to you and uh, reveal information that can better um, improve your ability to diagnose them and treat them. So, it's about knowing them beyond just their symptoms, but really getting to know like, why are they experiencing this? So you have to understand the whole person really. And I would say some pros and cons. So let's start with the pros. I'd say there's a lot of flexibility in this field to tailor the, a career that you want. 
psychiatrists are really high in demand. There's a huge shortage everywhere all over the world. So if you want, no matter where you go, you're going to find a job. If you want to create a private practice, you're going to do well because there aren't very many psychiatrists anywhere. So, and also a pro would be that there's lots of interesting specialties like, um, for like addiction medicine, uh, addiction psychiatry, women's um, mental health, and um, there's consultation liaison psychiatry, sports psychiatry. So if you want a specific niche, you can do it because there's probably not that many people who are practicing in that specific niche of psychiatry. I would say some cons is that stigma still exists everywhere. So even though mental health is, there's more awareness regarding mental health, there's still stigma. Um, when it comes to our own field, some people in the medical field still don't view psychiatry with as high regard as, for example, surgery or um, you know other specialties. So sometimes you might feel like you have to prove yourself even more that it's a valid specialty, which it truly is. But that could be um, something that might I, I find impacts. Uh, especially new psychiatrists sometimes. And it's also, you have to be aware there, psychiatry can be very exhausting because you do take on what your patients are experiencing. So it's really hard, especially if you're an empathetic person, which obviously to go into this field, you have to be empathetic. It's, you take on some of what your patients are experiencing. So you need to be really self-aware and mindful of how it can impact you. Because even though a lot of people view psychiatry as this very luxurious specialty where maybe you don't you can work like eight to five or something like that. um, You have to take care of yourself and you have to set boundaries because it's easy to burn out in this field. Um, and don't go into this field also because you think it's a cush, like easy specialty. It's not. You have to really enjoy uh, talking to people and getting to know your patients. Um, can you tell us about your experiences as a speaker in several conferences? Like what were the most important ones and what inspired you the most? Yeah, I I started speaking um, well, I think as soon as I graduated from residency and I've done several talks for different audiences, but I have to say my pre-med talks have been some of the most um, important ones, I feel, because a lot of pre-med students reach out to me and I see them, they're like the future, you are the future. So students tend to find me relatable because um, I may look like them. You know, I um, talk about my struggles so they feel like they can connect with me. And oftentimes when I'm meeting with pre-med students, they really just want some motivation that that they have a chance in this field because it's so easy for us to compare ourselves. But I would have to say pre-med talks have been the most important um, because I see myself in a lot of the people that I talk to when I'm talking to pre-med students. And it's it means a lot when they say, you've inspired me to keep on in this journey. I'm a pre-med student or a med student and I'm going to therapy because of you. So um, I would have to say of all the talks, those are the most um, 
the ones that have inspired me the most to keep going. And can you tell us more about the path of becoming a DO and what's the difference between a doctor of osteopathic medicine and a licensed physician? Mm -hmm. I get this question a lot and I have to uh, clarify what a DO is because the DO degree can be is different around the world for the most part. So in the U.S., there's two fully licensed physicians that can practice in all states in the United States, and that is um, MD, medical doctors, and DO, doctors of osteopathic medicine. Now, in other parts of the world, for example, Europe, Europe mostly, there are DOs there, but they are osteopaths. So this could be very confusing. So DOs in Europe are you generally, um, I think it's a certification program and not a, not a medical degree. So they do practice something called osteopathic manipulation, but they are not medically trained. Okay. So this is often a very confusing thing, but doctors of osteopathic medicine, um, we take the exact same, we have the same curriculum as our MD counterparts, okay? There's actually schools in the US that have both an MD school and a DO school. So they actually attend the same classes, but the difference is that DOs still have to attend this additional training in something called osteopathic manipulative medicine, which is a hands-on approach to diagnosing, treating, and preventing illness in people. So um, educationally, that would be a slight difference, but we attend the same residencies and we are in the same specialties as our MD, fellow MDs. Um, And then another difference that I have to point out is our philosophy. So our treatment approach uh, as doctors of osteopathic medicine is that we focus on um, treating the whole person. So we focus on mind, body, and spirit to achieve health. So there's a difference in our philosophy. So even if we don't utilize osteopathic manipulative techniques, which I don't, I'm not very good at it. I'm not good at manipulating people and physically in that way. Um, But I do utilize the philosophy, which is really important in psychiatry because you're treating the whole person. So I hope that clears some things up. Yeah, it does. Okay, good. Uh, Okay, so knowing that you're also a writer, how has this like made an impact? And what are the most important and impactful articles you've written? Yeah, well, when I mentioned that I wanted to become have a first career um, in journalism, I didn't know how to achieve that. But when I first graduated residency and had my first job as an attending physician, I got really burned out. And I was actually very depressed in my first job because most of the time when we graduate, we think, yay, we're done, we're free. It doesn't really work that way because um, a lot of factors can contribute to doctors being burned out in their first few years after residency, which is actually some of the highest rates of burnout for doctors. So I decided that I was going to publish this blog post 
because this was in 2014 or 2015. Nobody was really talking about depression and burnout that exists in physicians, very few. And then I decided I'm going to publish my experience. I'm going to risk it all and put myself out there, which is what I did. It was published and I got a lot of feedback from other doctors and even medical students saying, thank you for writing it. I feel the same way. And it was really validating for them. And it was all my posts on burnout were shared over a thousand times. So it meant a lot to me to know that by me being open and vulnerable, that it actually helped a lot of my fellow physicians and um, other medical students and healthcare professionals. So I would have to say that was like the most impactful, but it also started um, this uh, path for me to become a speaker because people read my articles and asked me to be a speaker. I was asked to contribute to publications and magazines and get my quote. And I thought, oh, this is cool. So because this is what I've wanted to do. So I would have to say that's the most important article I've written. And then I've also written a variety of other articles. And um, I think what's different about my writing is that I'm open about my own experiences. For example, some of the articles I've been asked to write was like, Um, I wrote an article on the Sunday scaries, which is high level of anxiety that people get on Sundays. And I was asked to write an article saying, um, describing what is the Sunday scaries so that it could help people, but also saying, I have it too. So they could see that, look, it's, you're not, you're not alone. Even psychiatrists experience this. And I think those are like topics that should be talked about a lot more because mental health and burnout is still very like stigmatized and people like people don't exactly understand why why people feel burnt out or what to do about it and things like that. So it's really great that you're kind of breaking down the barriers and the stigma behind all of that. Thanks. Yeah, especially with the pandemic. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Healthcare workers are burned out right now. But that's another topic. And just along the lines of talking about mental health and burnout, what are some mistakes and setbacks that you faced in your residency as a pre-med student? And how can students avoid these similar mistakes? I wanna, so before I provide my answer, I want all of you to know that mistakes and setbacks are okay. And that ultimately you, because we've all experienced them, right? And the the hope would be that we grow and learn from them. Because if it was, wasn't for the, the setback that we had, then we wouldn't know how to change otherwise, um, change our habits or um, change our perspective on things. So, so I want to encourage you to not, to, to view mistakes and setbacks as opportunities to grow. So that being said, though, um, if there was anything that I could maybe advise um, pre-med students going down this path would be, uh, number one, to not be afraid to seek support. So in my journey to becoming a physician, I was placed on academic probation when I was in um, actually in residency, but also I failed several blocks when I was in medical school. 
And I felt like such a failure. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not cut out to become a doctor. This isn't for me. But um, I carried that sense of failure and feeling like I'm just unworthy for a long time until I decided to open up to my family about it. So um, I would say if you have family, close friends, or a mentor, don't be afraid to seek support if you're struggling or even seeing a mental health professional. I started seeing a therapist when I was in um, in residency and it's the best investment I have ever made in myself and why I am here and the person that I am today and the psychiatrist I am today. And also, um, yeah, all I gotta say is view each setback as a way to learn and grow and don't be afraid to seek support. Thank you for that. That's, um, I feel like everybody should know that a lot more people feel set, these setbacks and then they just, they just stop whatever they're doing. So yeah. I'm really glad that you were, you're like letting us know that, you know, what mistakes are okay. Yes. And I guess, thank you for taking the time to speak with us on this podcast. It means a lot that you were able to, you know, schedule out some time to talk to us and your journey was really, really inspiring. And I think it'll be inspiring to so many more people who hear this. Yeah. So and yeah. if anybody wants to reach out to me, I don't know if you provide information, but I'm happy to answer questions. If you have any questions or would like to follow Dr. Vania Manipod, you can do so on Instagram at Dr. Vania Manipod. That is D-R-V-A-N-I-A-M-A-N-I-P-O-D. Also, f make sure to follow Girl Up Surgeons on Instagram at girlup underscore surgeons.